Welcome to the Generations Church Podcast. This is Brian Nugent, and I'm the pastor at Generations Church. Thanks for listening today. We hope this message is an encouragement and blessing to your life. For more information about Generations Church and its ministries, check out our webpage at gctlh.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. All right, so take your Bibles this morning. I'm going to be uh, preaching and uh, coming in a moment to the book of Acts, chapter chapter 9 this morning. In just a moment, so uh, I want to talk to you about the the importance of the Spirit-empowered church. We've got a great challenge this year before us. We are seeing on the news and in front of our eyes, we're seeing biblical prophecy come about, you know, on a, on a regular basis. We as a nation are running toward all the joy and fun that happens in the book of Revelation, okay? We're heading there rapidly. We are heading there quickly. We are heading there blindly. We are heading this way. People go, is this a judgment from the Lord that we see? And I go, no, in my opinion, no, not necessarily. I think what we're seeing in our nation is what happens when people choose to live without God and the consequences that come from that. Now, I want to read you a passage out of Proverbs. Proverbs is not necessarily known as a prophetic book, but I think it's got some things that are applicable for us today. So I want you to look at this passage. They're going to put it up on the on the screen. It seems like, you know, God is uh, very weary from being ignored. Look, listen to this. I called you so often, but you wouldn't come. I reached out to you, but you paid no attention. You ignored my device, advice and rejected the correction I offered. So I'll laugh when you're in trouble. I will mock when disaster overtakes you. When calamity overtakes you like a storm. When disaster engulfs you like a cyclone. When anguish and distress overwhelm you. When you cry for help, I will not answer. Though they anxiously search for me, they will not find me. For they hated knowledge and chose not to fear the Lord. They rejected my advice and paid no attention when I corrected them. Therefore, they must eat the bitter fruit of living their own way, choking on their own schemes. For simpletons turn away from me to death, fools destroyed by their own complacency. But all who will listen to me will live in peace, untroubled by fear of harm. So there are times that people just choose to live their own way and the Lord says, I'll let you do that and the consequences that you experience, they are on you, okay? And I just think in my mind, I think that's kind of where we're at as a country and as a, as a nation, we've got men marrying men and women marrying women and because of the gender kaleidoscope we've got every kind of you know uh, match that you can imagine happening in our world uh, the last month 
our nation, you know, they passed the Respect for Marriage Equality Act, which I think is absolutely the wrong title for that. And now, you know, uh, from uh, the, the federal government does not see any distinction in marriage from men and, and women. And they had a big celebration at the White House. It was, you know, it was painted in the, the colors of the, of the rainbow. We've got two godless political parties with godless leaders that are racing to see how fast they can produce a, a godless nation. Thanks to our federal government now, you can get an abortion up to the day that you were supposed to deliver that baby. We are, just want to remind you, we are a debtor nation. We owe $33 trillion, but you wouldn't know that because we've got the finest, you know, we want to we want to uh, make, make everyone think how affluent we are and how prosperous we are, but actually we're a debtor nation and man, we're hanging by a thread. Inflation, you know, is affecting every part of our lives. I mean, lettuce that used to be like a dollar is now four or five dollars. Have you noticed that? If there's ever a time that we needed lettuce in the United States, it's right after Christmas. We need to be eating more salads, but we can't afford it, and now we're upset, so we go to Whataburger to make ourselves feel better about that, all right? But I want you to remember, in one day in 2008, the real estate world changed, and man, our nation, our nation fell, and I just want to say, I, I, it wouldn't surprise me to see something like that in the, in the future. We're a debtor nation. We have liberal churches. <clears throat> And, and I use that term, you know, very loosely that have left the inerrancy of Scripture. And they've allowed pop culture to determine doctrine and practice. And I want to say, when you left the inerrancy of Scripture behind, you also left the presence of God behind as well. So we've got some challenges in this world. We've got some challenges as a church. We've got challenges as believers. So what's the answer for this? I think it's a Spirit-empowered church. I think it's the local church, Christ-centered church, filled with the Holy Spirit, on mission, ready to do God's work. That's, that's what I think. So this passage that I'm going to read you in just a moment, I want to, I want to set it up because... The, the church had been through a lot in just a few years. They had gone through the death and the resurrection of Jesus. There was some very early persecution in Acts 2, 3, 4, and 5. The church had gone through a purging with Ananias and Sapphira. Acts chapter 8, we saw the official persecution of the church by the government start uh, with the death of Stephen. And we saw imprisonments taken taken place but what I want to read you comes from Acts chapter 9 and here's what it says the church then had peace throughout Judea Galilee and Samaria and it became stronger as believers lived in the fear of the Lord and with the encouragement of the Holy Spirit comma it also grew in numbers 
So even after it had been through a lot, persecution, trouble, trial, internal conflict, the church was still bearing fruit. The church was still marching forward. The church was on mission, and it was still doing what Jesus called it to do. And I want to say we are ready for that challenge today. We're ready for that challenge. Last year, I did a series on the book of Acts. And when I got through with that series, I listed four, five, six things. Some of them I'm going to mention this morning. And I said to you, this is our roadmap. This is our pathway forward. And I want to say to you in my first message to you, kicking off our 21 days of, of prayer, I want to say we are, we are going to follow the model of the book of Acts. We live in a difficult time. We live in a very challenging time. We are faced with carnality on every hand. But the church is well equipped at this moment to make an impact for Jesus. And we're going to do that here. We're going to do that here. So I want to give you some of the themes. I want to remind you of some of the themes of the book of Acts. And I want to, and I want to say too, this is our roadmap. I'm just telling you where we're heading this upcoming year. I want to define clearly some, some things out of Scripture for us. So here's some themes. The gospel was shared, and many people started following Jesus. We see that in the book of Acts. The gospel was shared, and many people started following Jesus. The forgotten message of the day of Pentecost with all the fire, tongues, and glory was that 3,000 people gave their life to Jesus that particular day. So I want to remind you this morning, as a Spirit-filled believer who believes in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the primary message of the gospel is to tell everyone that we can that Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. Okay? So let's don't lose focus. All right? Acts is about the coming of the Holy Spirit. Spirit, but the purpose of that was that every nation, tribe, and tongue has the opportunity to know about the wonderful grace of Jesus Christ. Twelve times in the book of Acts, people came to faith. They came to faith in Acts 2. The Samaritans came in Acts 4. Uh, Saul was on the side of the road when he came to Jesus. A jailer found Jesus in the midst of a, you know, the uh, prison escape of Peter. Then Ethiopian eunuch found Jesus on the side of the road. <clears throat> Well-educated Athenians found Jesus in the temples and the hallways of Tyrannus in Acts 17. So I want you to know in different ways, different people came to Jesus. And I want to say too, that as a spirit-filled church, in every way, this is what we're going to do. We're doubling down. We want this world to know that Jesus loves them, that he saves them, and that he can give them a new life. In every service, event, and ministry, we all have a common goal, and that is to share Christ and see people come, see people come to the Lord. So that's one, one thing, all right? The gospel was shared. Many people came to Jesus. Second one, followers of Jesus were baptized in the Holy Spirit, all right? There was something that happened at the book of Acts that made the church do what it was doing. <clears throat> Jesus' last word to the church was not go, but wait. He stopped the entire operation 
of the, of the gospel going forward at a very opportune time because there was something else that he wanted to do in the midst of the church, and that was send the Holy Spirit. Acts 2, people were filled with the Holy Spirit. Acts 4, Saul was filled with the Holy Spirit. Cornelius was filled with the Holy Spirit, his family, in their living room. Acts chapter 19, people were filled with the Holy Spirit that had never even heard that there was such a thing as the as the Holy Spirit in churches and homes and individually. And when people open themselves up prayerfully, this powerful experience can happen to you. How many of you have heard of Max Licato? I mean, he's wealthy off the number of books that I've bought from him that are in my office. But something happened to Max Licato. I have a video I want you to want you to watch this morning. Significant. Well, I would say not the most, but a significant uh, gift came my way. And this will surprise a lot of the audience. It already has. Sure surprised our church. Uh, but, you know, when I was 64, uh, on a July morning, as I was praying, I began praying in tongues. Um, I, I was, I had taken serious, I had not done anything different, except uh, I came across the passage where the Apostle Paul said, eagerly desire the spiritual gifts, eagerly desire the spiritual gifts. And I guess I thought, oh, I had all the gifts that I was supposed to have given to me when I became a Christian. Well, maybe so, maybe. But he says, eagerly desire the spiritual gifts. So I said, Lord, is there any other gift? you desire from me. And I, I prayed that every morning for two or three weeks. And then one morning, early in the morning, I began praying uh, in a heavenly language. Again, I had been taught those languages were discontinued. And I really am not raising this topic so somebody can send me an email. Okay, I'm really not. I think the Restoration Herald is writing an article <laughs> right now. So, <laughs> I, I, You know, I get it. And if that, you know, I'm, I'm not advocating one way or the other but i will say that it is just a tender moment every morning yeah. when i enjoy so you regularly now moments. pray in tongues as part of your prayer time yes sir yes okay sir. were you do you consider that you experienced the baptism of the holy spirit at that time you said earlier that uh you received the holy spirit at conversion do you see that as a baptism of the holy spirit or is that a subsequent filling with some gifts how would you describe that you know when people ask me if uh do I, do I think that there is a uh, post-conversion experience right. of the Holy Spirit? Uh, and, and my answer is, I think there is, but not just one. Okay. I think there's almost daily. Right. I'm, I think I received a post-conversion experience this morning in, in prayer time. You know, uh, I, I believe that there is that fresh feeling that comes as we do our best to, to walk in step with the Holy Spirit. Uh, to me. Wow. Wow. I mean, he would be further from the spectrum, the evangelical spectrum than, you know, than other people. But did you hear him? He said he'd been taught that those things had, you know, done away with the past, but he found something new and fresh. Look, I like this guy. I mean, I, I really, I really like him. So listen, we're, we're going to pray and we're going to believe 
for people to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But I want to remind you of this. Acts 8 says you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria to the ends of the earth. So the, the meaning of this particular passage is there's some personal internal benefit, but it is an empowerment for us to go do the works of God. So we are going to preach and practice the fullness of the Holy Spirit because we believe that is for today. That's a great place for you to say amen, okay? All right, something else. The followers of Jesus became more bold and grew stronger in their faith, all right? When you look at Acts, the, the word bold or boldness is used about 11 times because it was standing out to people that there was something unusual that was occurring when it came to their faith. They prayed for boldness. Uh, the Acts 4, now Lord, consider their threats and enable your servant to speak your word with great boldness. So it happened. And there are times in our life that we just need a little supernatural motivation, a little, a little courage sometimes, and the Lord, the Lord can, uh, can provide that. So I think boldness comes a couple ways. I think that you can pray for boldness, and I think the Lord can answer that prayer for you. I also think that boldness can come when you are grieved at some things that you are seeing, and you just decide, I cannot be silent. I can't just sit here any longer. I think boldness can come, you know, a couple different ways. When Becky and I first started dating, <clears throat> we went to the SEC championship game in Birmingham, Alabama, was playing the Florida Gators, let me just say, we crushed them, okay? For many of you, that'll start your year off right, all right? We're sitting there. We were still, we were still dating. We're in the Alabama section, and unfortunately, I guess for a couple of Florida fans, they had bought some tickets right in the Alabama section, so there was two orange shirts in the middle of a sea of red, and as you have seen before, there were a few drunken Alabama fans that were really, you know, with obscene gestures and obscene language, they would turn around in their seats, and they were just acting awful they were drunk and their language was terrible and it just was getting me and these guys the Florida folks they're just cheering their team but it was these two idiots that just kept you know doing this over and over and it just sat wrong with me but I'm just trying to pay attention to the game because the important thing we need to beat Florida so I'm trying to stay focused on the moment it was a TV timeout they turned around to these Florida fans again with their obscene gestures and they started using my Lord's name in vain so let me tell you I had not planned it. I stood up out of my seat. I walked down about four rows and I said, let me tell you something. I have had it with your mouth. There are children and there are families sitting here and I'm telling you, sit down now. It just shot out of my mouth. <laughs> On the inside, I'm going, what are you doing? What is happening to you? And they got a little chippy, and they said something back to me. I walked down two more rows, and I said, boys, you don't want me to come any further. That's what I said. It just shot out of my mouth. I'm going, what, what are you doing? You haven't been in a fight since you were nine. What, what are you doing here? 
Mercifully to God, I saw a miracle. God took one hand and covered their mouth. God took another hand and they turned around and sat down in their seats. I was shocked. Everyone around me is shocked. And they're just looking at me and I just thought, okay. Anybody else got any issues out here? Because while I'm up, I'll clean this whole section up right now. I walked back to the seat trembling. <laughs> Becky was like, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't have any idea. Boldness can come exterior, but sometimes boldness comes when your heart's grieved and you just can't stay silent any longer. People were growing bold in their faith, but they were also growing stronger in their faith as well. Acts 2.42 says, shows you some patterns of what they were doing. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, so they were involved in God's word in groups. They're studying it together and to fellowship, sharing meals and praying. So they were fellowshipping together, they were studying God's word, and they were praying together. A deep sense of awe came over all of them, and the apostles uh, performed many miraculous signs and wonders. They worshiped together in the temple daily, so they're regularly at church, they're studying together, they're praying together, they're fellowshipping with each other, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, shared meals again with great joy and generosity, all while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. Each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. So there's some great growth patterns. We're going to talk about this in a few months that were occurring that were occurring in the early church. So people were coming more bold in their faith and they were coming stronger in their faith by doing some of these things. Something else. The church centered around individual and congregational prayer. Prayer was uh, not something that they went to in a time of emergency. They were just doing it. They were just praying together. It was part of their their DNA that uh, daily, Acts 1, they prayed before they they were choosing leaders. Acts 2, the, the coming of the Holy Spirit happened in a prayer meeting. They didn't know what was happening. They didn't know what was about to happen. They just gathered together to pray. Acts 6, they prayed together before choosing leaders. Acts 9, they prayed for signs and wonders. Acts 10, Cornelius was praying uh, that the Lord would, you know, would uh, send somebody to him. Acts 12, the church was together praying for the release of Peter from prison. Acts 13, they were praying. Uh, uh, the church was praying and they sent out their first missionaries. Acts 14, they were praying for new believers and new leaders in the church. Acts 16, they were praying and the resulting prayer was Paul's release uh, from prison. Uh, they were praying and worshiping in Acts 22 to receive guidance for future ministry plans. Acts 28 they were praying for signs and wonders so man this was something that was that that was happening continual and I want to say we're not changing what we're doing we're going to be individuals of prayer we're going to be a church of prayer prayer is conversation with God that will lead to true personal encounter with God and life transformation I was watching Monday night it was maybe a lot of you Monday night football in Damar Hamilton, you saw the, the terrible injury that, that occurred. It was awful. You've seen it, you know, you've probably seen the, 
seen the video and you know people were very concerned they they kind of cut away from the live feed they were when they were doing CPR but man the the, the commentators are going hey this is really really bad news and it's it's unusual you know because here's a nation that just kind of walks on its own but let me tell you in times of trouble man people were calling for others to pray and i was really amazed I was really amazed with that. And there was a, a slide that we were going to put up here. It just shows the, the, uh, the, the moment of prayer. But there were also tweets that started coming in all over the nation. People asking people to pray for, for DeMar Hamlin. People that you wouldn't think were, were spiritual or that believed in prayer. But sometimes when the, you know, when the crutches are kicked out and, and you're, you're desperate, people are calling on God to pray, and you can't see it on that, on that particular, it's too small, but Odell Beckham Jr. and Kurt Cousins and Miles Garrett and J.J. Watt and Sauce Gardner and Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson, Shannon Sharp, and every NFL team tweeted out, hey, would you pray for DeMar? Would, would we stop and would we, would we pray? And I just want to say, we don't want to be people that have to have an emergency to seek God and pray. Now, we are very thankful in this morning. That young man is doing great. And can we take a moment and just give God praise and thanks? We're very thankful. It was a horrible, horrible tragedy. Now, I hope everybody else does the same. You know, because if you call out to God in prayer and God answers the prayer... At some point, you need to acknowledge that, okay? So I hope everybody that did these tweets go, we want to thank God. We'll, we'll be watching for those tweets, right? We'll, we'll, be, we'll be watching for those. But we need to pray, and we need to be people of prayer. And churches need to pray, and they need to pray together. And we need to believe God for big things in our life, and it only comes through not human effort or will, but it comes from people that pray. So I want to just say, this 21 days, you can let it pass, and you can go, you know what, our church, boy, they do some really cool things, and you can just let this be like a wave that, that washes on the shore that doesn't impact you, or you can go, you know what, I need to get my, myself together, I need to get my act together, I'm going to jump in on this 21 days, I'm going to be a person of, of prayer, so join us with that. Your personal devotions, regularly throughout the week, be a person of prayer. Come on Wednesday night and pray. That's all we do on Wednesday night is we seek God and we pray. And it's important for the church to come together and pray. And if you can't come all the time, come once a month on Wednesday and let's come together and pray. But that's what the church was doing. Like what was happening in the book of Acts? It was because they were coming together and praying. Something else, another theme. This is our roadmap. This is our roadmap. We're going to be praying People were being delivered and set free from sin. God was setting people free. Acts chapter 8, we saw the interaction with Simon the sorcerer. Acts chapter 16, we saw a young girl that was delivered and set free. Acts chapter 19, people that had been uh, uh, a part of and had black magic in their life started bringing, bringing their books to the feet of the apostles and they were, they were burning it. They were turning their back on these, on these magic arts. And I want to say to you today, 
I don't care what your background is. It doesn't matter to me. Everything that you, you know, are involved in, there is power, hope, and deliverance through the power of the cross of Jesus Christ. All right? Now, you may think... <clears throat> My future is predictable. I've, I've got these family issues. I've got these addictions in my life. And, man, I've got this environmental situation. And you think, man, I, what I am now is what I'm always going to be. And you've allowed your, your identity of yourself to be formed by the chains and the shackles that you've been carrying around. Maybe some of that has come from family or other environmental sources. This is what I'm always going to be. This is, I'm, I'm never going to be able to change. I want to declare to you and say to you this morning, there is no sin that is so great or demonic force so powerful that the grace of God cannot deliver and set free. I believe that. This gospel is a gospel of transformation. And let this be a house of salvation and a house of deliverance and a house of healing. We are going to be a church that those with the darkest sin and iniquity in their lives can come and experience deliver and freedom through the power of Jesus. This is our roadmap going forward. This is who we are and what we're going to be, all right? Gifts of the Holy Spirit operate freely through believers in their gatherings. We saw that all through the book of Acts. We see giftings of the Holy Spirit. You experienced that this morning in worship, the public expression of the Holy Spirit. You know, so the work assigned to the church is supernatural. And if we try to do supernatural work with only human will and human effort, we will fall short. So we need the giftings and the power and the enablement of the Holy Spirit to do his work today. 1 Corinthians 12 said, Now about spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I don't want you to be uninformed. There are different kinds of gifts but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in every one, it is the same God at work. So he said when it comes to spiritual gifts, be curious. I don't want you to be uninformed about that. Later, Paul says concerning spiritual gifts, to desire them. You heard Max Lucado use that term, desire them. He says, follow the way of love, eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially prophecy. So, so the, the, the book of Acts is full of this. Paul encourages this. The gift of wisdom, the gift of knowledge, the gift of faith, the gift of healing, the gift of miracles, distinguishing between different spirits, public prophecy, publicly speaking in different kinds of tongues, and still to another, the interpretation of those tongues. They were part of the, of the early church. So the, the Holy Spirit supernaturally enables people to serve beyond their abilities. So 
grow, when we start walking to the Lord, there'll be, there'll be supernatural spiritual gifts that may come. They may be the same. They may be different, you know, depending upon the, the, the situation that, that you find yourself in. Every believer's been given spiritual gifts from the Lord to be used for service. So I just want to say, going forward, we're going to be a church open to the spiritual gifts. And I'm praying that God will use you in great ways this, this upcoming year. And if, that, if that's never been conscious to you, then just do what Paul says. Just pray over those. Ask him to reveal those to you. My last point this morning, another roadmap. Numerous incidences of signs, wonders, healings, and miracles took place. Numerous incidences, all right? Acts 2, it says, Everyone was filled with awe that the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. So miracles, unusual things with unusual explanations were part of what was going on in the early church. Sound of rushing wind, tongues of fire, miraculous speech, a man was healed, a building was physically shaken, uh, imprisoned apostles freed by an angel, Saul was blinded and healed, Dorcas restored to life, uh, a, a, a man that couldn't walk was healed. Paul was freed from prison by an earthquake. Eutychus raised from the dead. Paul bit, bit by a snake, but it did not affect him. Okay, so signs, wonders, and miracles are a part of what God wants to do today. We need a return of signs and wonders to the church. Because they serve a valuable purpose. doesn't mean it hasn't happened in the past or it's not happening now. But for the, for the age that we live, we need what we see in the book of Acts. The, the, the gospel was introduced to the world on the backs of signs and wonders. Fishes and loaves, walking on water, an upper room, silver and gold. This gospel was introduced on the back of signs and wonders, and we need that in the church today. Now, a sign is not the destination within itself, but it points to another location, right? A sign is pointing to something else. So when we use the term sign and wonder, there's something that God will do, but this sign will always point back to the cross. It will always point back to Jesus. A wonder defies logic uh, experience even natural law and requires us to ask greater spiritual questions. So a sign points to something else. A wonder makes people scratch their head and go, man, there's got to be, uh, you know, another answer. This is the reversal of, of natural law. Signs and wonders are the great accelerator of evangelism. God uses signs and wonders as a way to plow up soil, put seed in the ground, Create curiosity so that people will ask greater, greater questions. Signs and wonders are also an alternative to last day's kind of false miracles. Jesus said in the last days, Messiahs and prophets will appear and they'll perform great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. Okay, so... If signs and wonders are, you know, if, if a miracle sends someone a certain direction and they believe certain things because of the miraculous, then let me just tell you, God is not going to sit silently by. 
and let others be deceived in this age. He's not going to sit silent. God's not going to sit on his hands. God is going to reveal himself through signs and wonders and miracles. God is going to use his power to meet needs in this world, but also through these demonstrations of God's power, it is going to point back to the powerful cross of Jesus. He didn't leave us powerless in this day. He didn't do it. He didn't do it. Rent worship team, you guys can come. Now I want to tell you, Now I'll talk about it in a few weeks, but last year was a very unusual year for us. In many ways, it was a historic year. We just saw God do and display himself in many, you know, in many unusual ways. You know, the week of, you know, April 3rd, you know, it was like for me, it was, it was kind of a, a regular week, you know, just studying, praying. I was doing this series on, on Moses. And on, on the Thursday, on that Thursday, um, I, I'm studying. I'm in, my, I'm in my office and I'm studying like I always do on Thursday. We have a brief meeting on Thursday morning and then I kind of lock the door. And on that Thursday, on that Thursday, that afternoon, I just felt God's strong presence just come in my office. I, I was like, what, what in the world? Now, do, I, don't, I do feel God's presence throughout the week. I just want to say this, okay? But that, that was just in a really unusual moment. I just felt, as I was just kind of studying and praying, I just felt God's strong presence. I mean, I just stopped what I was doing. Man, I just started worshiping and, and praying. I just felt God, I just felt God's power just in a you know, in a really unusual way. And I worshiped and prayed for a little while and then I kind of kind of moved on. Saturday I came to the church and I just spent some time seeking the Lord and felt this kind of unusual. You know, I just wasn't sure what was, you know, what was going on. And but I just prayed and sought the Lord. Go to bed Saturday night. I go to bed at 9.30, you know, on Saturday night. That's that's my, you know, that's what that's what I do. All right. And I go to go to bed about three o'clock. I wake up, I wake up wide awake with just an overwhelming sense of God's presence. I mean, I got up, I went downstairs, and I'm just like, Lord, what are you doing? My first thought was, oh, Lord, he's changing my message. Oh, I know you love those kind of things, all right? But to the pastors, there is no worse pressure in the world. I'm like, okay, Lord, if this is what you, it wasn't that. It wasn't that. I just felt God's presence and just for about an hour. Man, I was just in God's presence. I just felt, I don't, I don't even know how to explain that to you. Just worshiped and I just walked and just praying for the service on that day. And got to the service, great time of worship, and I just started, you know, started preaching and, and then just throughout, kind of toward the end of the message, I just felt, I just felt this sense of God's presence on, on, my, on my life. And just talking to the church about signs and wonders and believing, believing that God is going to manifest himself. He's not going to sit on his hands. He's not going to let all the signs and wonders be of, of evil means. That God's going to restore that to the church. And it's going to be used. And God's going to point people to the cross because of signs and wonders and, and, and things like that. I mean, we got to the end of the service. You can go back and watch it on YouTube. It was unbelievable. 
People started coming. People started, God started doing healings. If you remember that service, people were coming up on the stage testifying of God's, of God's healing power. And people were calling out to the Lord and God was doing miraculous things in our, in our midst. And Glenda Bennett sitting on the second row, man, had surgery scheduled for the, for the next day. A rotator cuff surgery. God just started doing a healing. She told me here, she said, God's healing my shoulder. I, it feels like fire. Other people People were coming and testifying vision and other things that God was healing. Well, God was healing that morning. We went small group that afternoon. We're at the circus. Glenda turns around to me and said, my shoulder's still on fire. God's doing something. I'm like, Glenda, I paid 30 bucks to be here. I want to see the trapeze artist. Come on. Hey, I want to tell you, God healed her, but God started doing a work of healing in our church, we saw four or five people that medically verified healing. When they would tell me that they were healed, I said, you go to the doctor, you go have that look you looked at. We saw God started to, to move in powerful ways. The, the atmosphere of our church was just, this, was just different. There was a, a hunger and a, a faith and an expectation that, that occurred. And I want to say to this church this morning, that I don't think because the, the year of the calendar changed that the season changed for this church. God is stirring something in this body. I don't think the season of God's signs and wonders and miracles has changed. I don't, I don't think we're not going to change anything that we do. We're going to believe that we're going to be a spirit-empowered church. We're going to be open to the move and the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. And it was a wonderful year last year but I want to say man I believe 2023 God's going to do something in our midst that only God can get the glory last year was foundational to what God wants to do this year I believe that would you give him praise this morning if you believe that I believe that I, I we saw some unbelievable things. In a few weeks, I'm going to tell you more about that. We saw some unbelievable things, but I'm just telling you, I'm just telling you, here's our roadmap. Here's a roadmap. This is where we're headed. This is what we're going to be about. We're going to do God's work. We're going to be open to the working of the Holy Spirit, however he chooses to work. But our ultimate and primary goal to a lost world is to point to Jesus and say, listen, he can save, he can, he can change, he can forgive, and he can restore. That's our primary message. Would you stand this morning? Would you stand? We want to see God do something powerful in our midst. We want to see it. We want to see it today. We want to see it. I want you to open your heart, open your faith up today. We want to see just the demonstration of, of God's power just revealed in this house today. Would you just begin to worship him this morning? Would you begin to praise him all across the building? Lord, we worship you. We worship you this morning. We worship you this morning. We worship you this morning. We thank you. We thank you for the power of God. Lord, we thank you for the, the cross of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for what you did last year. But God, you're stirring something fresh and new. 
Lord, the calendar year may have changed, Lord, but this season has not changed for us. God, you're moving and you're revealing and you're filling today, Lord. We give you praise. We give you praise. Come on, worship him. Call out to him this morning. We worship you this morning, Lord. Mighty God. Mighty God. Mighty God, we magnify you this morning, Lord. We magnify you this morning, Lord. We magnify you this morning, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We worship you this morning, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So if you need a healing, you need a miracle, I want you to come to the front this morning, whatever it is. I want you to come line across the front. If you need a healing, you need a miracle this morning, just step out where you're at. Start, just step, line up across the front. We're going to believe God. We're going to pray over you this morning. We're going to pray over you this morning. Come from wherever you're at. We're going to pray. We're going to believe God for a miracle. We're going to believe God for a healing. Also, man, that anxiety, fear, depression, I want you to come across the front this morning. We're going to believe God's going to touch you. This can be a year of deliverance this morning. I want you to come. If you're discouraged and you are down, I want you to come across this place. Come stand across the front. We're going to believe he's a God of transformation this morning. We're going to believe God's going to touch you. If you are, if, if, if you're away from the Lord for whatever reason, if there's something that's been holding you back, you've been put some other things first, I want you to come. Get, get right with God this morning. Come find a place. Come find a place. Go, hey, man, I've, I've walked away. I've drifted. I'm not where I should be. I, want, I, need to, I need to get myself right with God. I need to get myself right with God. Find your way up here. Find your way up here. Somebody's going to come pray with you this morning. Oh, God. Oh, God. Someone's going to come pray with you this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we come and we seek you today. I pray for those that are away from you. They become cold. They become distant. God, I pray. I pray, Lord, they'll find their grace through forgiveness. Lord, you're going to speak to them. Lord, you're going to refresh them. You're going to forgive. They're going to feel that wonderful healing, cleansing grace in the name of Jesus. Lord, let people come to faith this morning. Let them come to faith this morning, Lord. We pray over that. Oh, God, we pray over that. People coming to Christ, giving their hearts to Christ. Come on, just say, Lord, forgive me. Lord, forgive me. Lord, forgive me. I've done some things that I shouldn't. I want to be forgiven. I want to be forgiven. He'll do that today. He'll restore you. I pray for everyone that's walking with fear and anxiety and depression. Lord, I pray over them today. I pray over them today. I pray that darkness would be filled with light. Lord, there would be hope. There would be hope. Oh, God, you walk with us in our darkest places. Oh, God. Oh, God, I pray in the name of Jesus. Anxiety, fear, depression, discouragement. God, I pray that you would bring light and hope and healing this morning. Light and hope and healing this morning. Oh, God. Oh, 
of God. In the name of Jesus, that darkness, let it be gone. That darkness, let it be gone. God, I pray. I pray. I pray. Lord, we pray for signs and wonders and healings and miracles this morning. We do that today. We call out to you this morning. We call out to you this morning. You're our healer, Lord. You're our healer. Lord, we pray. We pray today. We pray. Oh, God, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. God, that you would do a healing work. Oh, God. By your stripes, we're healed. By your stripes, we're healed. By your stripes, we're healed. If you're in the audience and God's speaking to you that you need to be up front, I want you to move from where you're at. I want you to come find a place up here. This is the healing moment here. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I pray restoration, Lord. Restoration of the body. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I pray it today. Oh, God, let your power... Let your power, let your power be revealed. Let your power be revealed, Lord. Oh, God, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I want to pray for those, man, you feel like you, you are too far gone. You feel like what you're living now is your roadmap to the future. I'm just telling you there's change and transformation through the power of the cross. I want to pray for everyone that's got an addiction, everyone that's got a besetting sin, some kind of chain that you feel like this is where I'm going to be today, next week, next year. Your chains are defining you, but I'm just telling you there is power and transformation through the power of the cross. He is a chain breaker. He will sh he will shatter those shackles in your life. I want to pray over that this morning. Lord, I pray for everyone that feels like I can't change. I've tried before. I've done too much. I've tried this before. Lord, I pray. I pray this is going to be the time. This is going to be a year. Lord, that addictions are going to drop and bow in the name of Jesus. Lord, for drug addictions, alcohol addictions, other addictions. I pray for freedom in the name of Jesus. I pray for liberty in the name of Jesus. Come on, if you know somebody like that, I want you to call their name out, Lord. We're declaring freedom, Lord. We're declaring freedom this morning. Oh, God, I pray. I pray that people are going to be changed. Those that said I could never live it, I can never walk out this walk with Christ. God, I pray that you would touch them today. They're going to feel that nudge in their heart. They're going to know this is you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I pray for those that are heavy and those that are burdened. You cry at night and you've got this discouragement in your heart for some, something that's going on in your life. Lord, I pray you are the glory and the lifter of our head. And I pray, God, you're going to give an unbelievable strength, Lord, to those that are walking with heaviness in their life. I believe that today. Would you give him praise? Would you give him praise? All across this building, I want to pray for the fullness of the Holy Spirit in this upcoming year. 
Would you just lift your hands across the building, Lord, we pray for the power of the Holy Spirit upon those that stand under the sound of my voice watching online. God, what you've asked us to do is supernatural by nature, and we cannot do this on our own. We stand and we go, Lord, we are very limited in what we can do. But we pray the power and the infilling of the Holy Spirit, let it rest upon the individuals of this church. God, I pray for a fresh anointing upon this house. God, I pray, I pray for a fresh anointing upon this place when we meet. God, we pray for the fullness and the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Fall in our midst, Holy Spirit. Be, be in our gatherings today. Lord, we need you. We need you. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. And if you've never received the baptism, just right where you're at, man, he can fill you. Right where you're at. God, I pray for those they've never been filled. Baptize them in the Holy Spirit. Right where they're at, Lord. That language of prayer that Max talked about today. Lord, let it flow. Let it flow out of their heart. Thank you, Lord. One more time. Let's sing those verses again. Those declarations today. I'll let you go. Come on, let's sing it. This is our roadmap. This is where we're walking forward. We're going to be an Acts 2 church in the midst of a godless generation. We're going to let God do something in us that only God could get the glory. It's going to be far beyond what we are able to do ourselves, what God is going to do in our midst. And I'm just going to believe and pray that this is going to be a historic year for Generations Church, but not for us, but for the kingdom of God. Would you give him praise this morning? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So a couple of things. Man, if you've kind of 
come to the Lord, renewed your faith. I'm going to be down at the front. I'd love to talk with you, pray with you. If you got a chance, if God, if you feel like God's healed you this morning, if you feel like God's touched a part of your body, I want you to come. Give testimony of that. Take that step of faith. Go ahead and just feel like God's touched you. Also, grab your devotional book. Let's be people of the Word this week. We need to be people of the Word. Grab it. They're free. If they're out, come. I'll give you, I'll give you mine, okay? So I'm going to let you go because I don't want you to think, well, we're going to be going to noon every Sunday. So, uh, hey, I love you. I just think it's going to be a great year this year. I'm excited about this year, I'm telling you. Would you give the Lord praise one more time? Would you give him thanks? God, you're so good to us. You're so good to us. Thank you for listening to the Generations Church Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the message today and pray God's greatest blessings on you. For more information about Generations Church and its ministries, check out our webpage at gctlh.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter.